me, 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 but also you. The Pharaoh fast forwards his favorite foreign film, Powder Donut. <clears throat> okay, what's my line? Uh, the only line I see here on the script is get options based on your budget with the name your price tool from Progressive. Oh man, that's a tongue twister, huh? I'm sorry, I'm gonna need a few more minutes. <clears throat> bulbous Walrus, the Bulbous Walrus. The name your price tool, only from Progressive. The owl ran afoul of the comatose Coxswain. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates price and coverage match limited by state law. The been thinking about McDonald's all day. Can't get it off my mind. I can already taste it. Ooh, got my mind on my mouth and my mouth ready for some Mickey D's deal. There's a deal for every moment at McDonald's. Right now, get two of your favorites for just $3.50. Mix and match a classic McChicken, a hot and spicy McChicken, or a juicy McDouble. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with combo meal. Single item at regular price. Welcome to the Fantasy Golf Degenerates Podcast. is going on DJ nation kenny kim here bringing you another fantasy golf generous podcast this week for the american express as usual i am here with the canadian pitbull tyler tambaline tyler how you doing this week brother doing good kenny another another week down another good week for the boys so happy to see the results that we had there and hope a lot of other winners were out there i saw a lot of green screens in the gups corner slack and everybody that was out there on twitter that hit us up as well yeah, it was a great event. Uh, you know, it was pretty fun to watch. Cam Smith going out there, actually losing strokes on approaches for the week and getting a win. Uh, uh, pretty yeah. impressive stuff. I mean, like every time he missed the green, he'd chip it to within five to eight feet. And I don't remember him missing any of those putts, maybe one uh, on Sunday. I mean, that putt he made on 18 to get that birdie, to take it into a playoff was pretty fucking clutch because, you know, a left to right putt, for a right-handed golfer is not the putt that you'd rather have to win a, win an event. You know, you like that nice right-to-left putt that you can see the break and everything. And, and he did it well, made that putt, got into the playoffs, and then he actually caught a break uh, on the tee shot on 18. I mean, uh, 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 Steele hit it right down the middle. Cam hits it into the trees. But he, because of where he was, I think Brandon Chambly talked about this yesterday. It was a pretty good point. Like, where he was – you can only hit this low little line or a scooper type shot, which actually worked out really well because of how soft uh, the conditions were there. It didn't get that much backspin, and he was able to leave it up pretty close to the pin while uh, Steele, you know, hit it, had to hit it past the pin, uh, to, you know, on the fly to get that back up googly, you know, golden tee language right there, uh, to get it on to, uh, <laughs> to get it on to uh, close to the pin. And he flew the green because of that. So it actually worked out pretty well for uh for a camp uh you know pretty pretty tough for Brendan Steele 
you know, he's been playing so poorly the last, you know, year, year and a half, two years, you know, he's only had what three top 25s uh, in his last 40 events played before that. And he hadn't had a single top 25 since I shook his hand at the players championship last <laughs> March. So, you know, he had some bad juju uh, flowing through him and I thought he could take it down. Uh, but I mean, it's still a, a great tournament. I know you did well last week, Tim, but how'd you do? You took down and you took down GBP again, right? Yeah. The, the new $9 slice they put out there. It's kind of like the $9 slant that they have for NFL. It's, Pretty cool. I mean, they they want to grow it a little bit bigger. We'll get to our new listener league later. I know a lot of people reached out about that. Uh, it's going to be pretty sick, so I'm excited for that one. But, yeah, anyway, I was talking to the guy. He said basically they're going to try and make this a little bit bigger, but it's the balanced payout structure where they pay like 10% of the pool to first, 10% you're of You're talking first. about our listener league, right? Or are you talking about a $9? No, I'm going to get to that. I'm talking about the $9 that I won. Oh, okay, but, okay, but, okay. but our listener league does have something to do with it. Like I said, we'll get to that later, but it, it does have something to do with that. The the But, yeah, the tournament was good. I needed to take a little bit of yourself and Gup's advice and get on the Cam Smith with the narrative of the uh, Australia and the fires and everything. And I know he's still a pretty good golfer. It, does, it doesn't really need a narrative. But, yeah, it, it was uh, him that did it. I ended up winning it by 1.5 points. And tournament pays well. It pays five grand for first considering. But when you're in for the full 150 like I am, uh, that's sort of the point. you got to have a, a cord set of lineups going into it so you can get more than just first prize. That obviously pays the bills, but you want to get more. And I think I had – three or four in the top 100 with the, the winning lineup being up there. So I was pretty pumped about that. Yeah. You know, I actually had a great week, but I should have won nothing. <laughs> like really like, <laughs> like monetarily wise, it was a good week. I had over 60% return on investment, but like my plays and my picks were just awful. I just got lucky uh, on one lineup. Like I went one for four of my Cascade Cornerstones. First time that's ever happened. I did have a zero for four at the RSM, like, in the fall, like a couple of years ago, but we never mentioned that. That's just awful to talk about. Uh, but like, so like in like a hundred cash game cornerstone weeks, I've had like one zero for four, and this is my first one for four. So it was sort of bitter about that. But you know, my strategy and my strategy sort of paid off this week. And I know a lot of you listeners have have heard how I go about my bankroll management uh, each and every week, and how I go about playing GPPs in cash, and. Um, and I'll go over it again just because it helped me this past week. So, you know, in cash, I play 40 to 45% of my bankroll every week. Uh, and GBP's 60 to 55% of my bankroll every week. I usually play around 70 to 100 GPP lineups. I mass multi-enter and multiple different types of GPPs. And so when I do this uh, for, for, for cash, like I don't use my cash golfers that much in GPPs, like 10 to 20% is the top I'll go unless I really love somebody uh, in cash. So that means if I suck in cash, I still have a chance in GPPs. And so in GPPs, I also only roster about 30 to 35 golfers each week in a full man field. And, you know, I've been going closer to 30 here recently. And so what happens in this type of situation, uh, like last week, even though I got my ass whooped in cash, I didn't win nothing. It's actually pretty funny. Uh, I, I I was pretty close to the cash lineup with only three of six through. It was it was a weird week, uh, but I didn't cash in, in any any of my double ups, any of my cash games. So usually the reason I play forty to forty five percent cash is so that if I win in cash, which you know I do pretty often, you know almost a seventy five percent clip, uh, over a seventy five percent clip winning percentage last year, or almost seventy five percent last year. That means if I win in cash. I'm going to at least win money this week unless it's like the worst GPP week I've ever had. So, so, so that's the way I go about it. And then for GPPs, 
it, it gives me the chance with everything spread out like that to have opportunities. And it also helps that I don't use that many cash players heavily in my, I don't use my cash players that heavily in TPPs. So if I have a week like last week where I, where I shit the bed in cash, I still have a chance in GPPs. And that's exactly what happened uh, to me. You know, uh, I didn't use too many of my, like the guys that missed the cut, like Kucher, uh, Munoz and Poston. Um, were three of my three of my casting cornerstones missed the cut. I only had ten percent of those guys in GPPs, so it gave me the opportunity to still be able to go ahead and you know have a, a lineup or two. And the thing is, the way I do this type of strategy is very very conservative. I am a conservative type of G, of, of DFS player. The reason why is because I am not a rich man. I cannot spend five hundred dollars every week and lose five hundred dollars multiple weeks in a row. That just doesn't work for me. You know, I, you know, I, I, I do pretty well in my job, but I'm not rich by any means. So this way, I, it keeps me from being able to play. It keeps me able to play every single week, you know, and, and play a certain amount and not lose my ass every week. Again, it's very conservative. The guys out there who, you know, go out there and go, oh, and also for the golfers, the 30 to 35 golfers I roster in GPPs, I never go over 50% personally. So that, that conservative approach, you know, it doesn't win you the big money that often, but you're not going to lose shit tons week in, week out, you know, and, and just be in, in, in a black hole when it comes to your fun. So that's a little bit of a, a strategy talk uh, for me when it comes to that. Uh, now, personally for me, um, you know, it came, I actually had one lineup that was in first place until about 10 player minutes during player holes remaining uh in the three dollar i was i was it's four thousand dollar first prize uh and then you know the bottom dropped out in the last 10 holes and i finished in seventh but i also came in third or fourth in a in a ten dollar resurgence showdown uh, on sunday and I, I had another top 10 in the uh the dollar uh single the the, the dollar short game showdown so it, it came across good i actually ended up having a good financial week even though i sucked with my picks and i apologize about that dgen nation um, but at Tampa, I mean, three straight, three wins in, in two weeks. It's a great way to start there, buddy. Love, love starting 2020 like that. It's like you said, it's just sort of the, the way it goes. I didn't have a lot of these guys at the top, but it's, you know, you get that lucky spot sometimes, sort of the Brendan Steele drop of lineups, you know, where it just goes your way and, and everyone expects to be something different because you were on these other picks that didn't all happen that way. But uh, it depends on how you build a little strategy talk. It'll be important come this week when we get to talking about the three courses but that lineup that I had that won was actually a PMAM wave stack where I just picked like 20 lineups that I did with uh, having guys that were in the PM only. And that turned out to be a massive uh, wave stack that worked in the favor this week. And I always do, you know, 20 from either side normally just to try and have weather under control just in case. And somewhere like Hawaii where the winds were up and we knew it was going to happen. And then this week has a very similar effect where we've got three courses and some are easier than others. Doesn't look like a lot of crazy weather, but there's definitely uh, – pros and cons to starting on an easy course versus starting on a more challenging course and how that plays out the next few days. Cause yeah, everybody gets three rounds this week. Yep. That's definitely a smart strategy to have, especially if you're going into a, an event, knowing that the wind is going to blow, you know, if you're a mass multi-enter, you know, lineup type in GPPs, you know, you, in the weather, you see the forecast is, is calling for some, some type of bad weather uh, during the first two days. Uh, going, you know, a couple of stacks, AM, PM stack, uh, a few lineups, and PM, AM stack, a few lineups. That's a really, really smart strategy to have. And it paid off big time this week because I think, like, the stack that you played to win that lineup 
was like two and a half strokes easier, better than, than the other wave, uh, you know, the first two days. So it was a big, big difference uh, because of that. So that, that was pretty sharp on you there, Tambo. All mm-hmm. right. So, uh, you know, solid, good week for, for us. Good start. Uh, so let's get on to our listener league winner this week. Give me one second. I should have pulled it up, but I didn't. Tambo, why don't you talk about the uh, – while I pull this up, why don't you? Yeah, talk I'll talk about, about the new listener league. Yeah, so uh, pretty cool actually. So uh, as you guys mentioned last week, everyone said you know got to make it bigger. It wasn't even close. I kind of thought it because we went from single. So just to answer some of the questions that came on Twitter, because some people had asked, Kenny and I committed at the start of the year. The idea was let's do three entry max. You can easily put one entry in it. Even Kenny and I both are only going to put one entry in this just to keep it open for DJ Nation, just to keep it so it's a little more balanced. Because we'll tell you more on that in a second, but. Uh, yeah, we're only going to put one into it. You can put up to three. The idea is that it's 15 bucks for three. It's sort of a, a Mayo light where he has the $15 three entry max. Now his is no rake. What they've committed to with us is this. It's not going to have any, it's, it's, sorry, it's not going to have, uh, you know, a shutdown point. So if there, if we have it as 750 people and we only get 600, yes, they'll cut it down the next week, but the money will be guaranteed this week and it will be played out. Uh, there's only going to ever be a max of 10% rake. So it's a small rake to pay considering. Uh, and then, yeah, this week he basically said we could bump it up big time. So 750 people, uh, three entry max, $5 the same, $500 goes to first. So it's a little more than the 10% of the prize pool uh, because I know people are looking for that you know sweet spot between 15 and 25% getting paid out to first. We made that happen. And then 10% of first will go to 10th for $50 with a very balanced structure in between the top 10 places. And last place, top 18.5% of the field gets paid. Last place gets $10, which is double your money on each entry. So I think it's really cool, man. And I think that, you know, he talked to me. The guy with DK basically said it can only grow from here. Love what you guys are doing. Love what you put together. So, so shout out to everybody, DJ Nation. I appreciate you guys going out and entering it as quickly as possible. Now, the key is, before I get to the cool part, is that we want to enter this as fast as possible. So when we put the links out, I know that you've already heard this pod or maybe you've entered it already when you hear this pod. But the point is we want to get it filled as soon as possible. We don't mind putting the link out there. We want it to keep growing. And what Kenny and I are going to do, uh, and some of you may have seen it because you've been added already, the winner of this week, three-putt bogey, which we'll get to, and then last week, L.L. Bullard. So only two listener league winners so far for the new year. Uh, they're in because we're locking them in just based on, on getting in that way. But we're going to sort of run almost like a mini online, online live final slash deals. Obviously not live because it's online. But what we're going to do is we're going to put everybody into – a fantasy golf degenerates league and it'll be a long wait. But at the very end of the year, we're going to have all the listener league winners play down. Uh, no, Kenny and I aren't included. We'll be in the tournament, but just the, won't be counted for the prizes. And we're still debating it. So we don't have any news on this yet. Stay tuned, but we're either going to have like a top three prizes in, you know, incremental format, or we might just have one massive prize winner take all since all the tournaments are basically that top heavy nowadays anyway. But it's going to be cool, and I think it's something different that you don't see out there where we can have a little bit more fun with it on top of getting in the three-man every week and winning the money currently, which this week's going to be 500 bucks for first for five bucks. So pretty cool. Yeah, that's nice. All right, so the winner was three-putt bogey. Uh, he has a – looks like a South Carolina flag up there, a Charleston flag, big fan of Charleston. Love the food down there. The golf down there is great. The beach is it's one of my favorite places to go. All right, so he had Mark Leishman. Uh, at 70.5 points at 8.4% owned. Abraham answered uh, 72.5 points, 14% owned. He had Kevin Kisner, 89 points, 10.4% owned. Brant Snedeker, 
77.5 points, 7.6% owned. Lanto, um, who we all liked last week, 95 points, 21.2% owned. And GMAC, who was another pod favorite last week, uh, he had 100 points and uh, they're not showing his ownership. He was 10.8%. Uh, what do you think of the lineup, Tambo? Yeah, I loved it. So one of those builds that I, I love to see, right, with the mix of the chalk and then a couple guys under the, the you know, down in single digits. But yeah, we, we had McDowell, loved him. Answer was one of the T3POs. I know Hal still beat him, which sucked. But, uh, you know, for Answer to bounce back, and he almost got the all four under 70. I mean, it's still a pretty good week. Uh, Graham McDowell got the each way on him, had him there last week in the betting segment. So he made sense. He was also in my good lineup. But overall, solid lineup. Shout out to three-putt bogey. I think the other under, you know, lying thing was he had first, fourth, and tenth in the tournament. So a guy that did three, three max enter it, but then took down three of the top 10 spots with three completely different lineups, obviously. So that's extremely cool to see it. And that'll pay big dividends. If you can do that going forward, the more we grow it. Yeah, that's definitely true. That's nice. I didn't even know that. All right. So before we get into the course and this week and everything, let's talk about gupscorner.com. I'll use promo code DGEN20. Get yourself a subscription to gupscorner.com right now. It's the best site in the business. Here's the thing. Like we had a winner last week. Uh, we had so many green screens in golf last week, like so many winners. And we also had a $76,000 winner in football, in NFL last year. Like, Kenny, why are you talking about NFL? It doesn't really matter. Well, it does, because when you sign up for Gup's Corner, you get every single sport, not just golf. So if you sign up for the, for the, for the PGA Tools, and and the uh and and the and the rest of the thing for the full year it's normally three hundred dollars. You use our promo code. It gets it gets down to two hundred forty bucks. That's less than five dollars a week. It's right around five dollars a week for this site. And the tools for the PGA are sick. You get live tools for showdown. You get all the history. Uh, you know, strokes gain stats. You know, all this crazy stuff for the pre-tournament. And then the thing is, you also get football. You also get baseball you also get basketball you also get college football you get all of these things for one low price you know use promo code dj20 get yourself the year-long subscription it's 240 bucks with the discount now you can get a month long too if you just want to try it but the year-long is the way to go it's worth every penny and plus you get the slack chat which is the best slack check out there it's a family there are no dumb questions everyone out there you go in there you ask what you need to get and people answer it's a community it's a great family i love the site i love working for them so get on gupscorner.com using promo code dgen20 all right so let's get to this week so the pga tour it heads to California. We're out of Hawaii finally this week for the old Bob Hope Classic. It's now called um, the American Express and it'll be played on three different courses. The Jack Nicholas Tournament course at PGA West, uh, La Quinta Country Club uh, and the stadium course at PGA West, which will have two rounds hosted uh, if the golfers make the cut after Saturday. Now this rotation of courses started just four years ago, so the course history is somewhat limited. Uh, this tournament is a bit unconventional, like I said, because all golfers will play each course once the first three days. Then there will be a cut on Saturday. The cut rule used to be a bit different here than most events, but this week the cut will remain top 65 in ties. Uh, the remaining golfers who make the cut will battle it out on Sunday at the stadium course to find the victor. Now, because of this, golfers in your lineup that miss the cut will have less total effect on your DraftKings score than usual. You know, having as many golfers as possible make the cut is still important, but you can get away with missed cuts and still probably cash, meaning you can be a bit more aggressive in picking golfers with upside, uh, especially for your cash lineup. So I know uh, a lot of the times, you know, I'm looking for cut makers and I still am. 
uh, in this tournament, but you can sort of go outside that range and maybe do a little bit more riskier plays. And I have a couple of those in my cash game cornerstones uh, this week. Now, this event is also a pro-am, so the course and pin locations won't be set up too difficult, except on Sunday at the stadium course. The pro-am event ends on Saturday, so it will make pro- they will probably move back the tee boxes and make the pin locations a bit more challenging for the pe- for the pros on Sunday. Uh, the weather looks good for the week, though it's possible that we'll see some rain on Thursday. Now, unlike the last two weeks, wind doesn't look like it'll be a factor. Golfers will need patience because long rounds are the norm here for the first three days due to the amateur playing partners. Four years ago, during the, the first three rounds, four years ago during the first three rounds, the stadium course had a scoring average of seventy point nine. The Nicholas course scoring average was sixty eight point nine, and La Quinta played sixty nine point one. So you know, the way this course goes, the difference between La Quinta and Nicholas is very minuscule. Those two are going to be the easiest courses to play out here by a lot. Uh, the stadium course always going to be tougher. Now, this is something to keep in mind. Uh, when playing showdown and making first-round leader bets. Now, sometimes some sites do first-round leader bets based on the course. I'm not exactly sure how that's going to go about this week. But if they don't, it's something to really pay attention to. You know, throwing the fact that a lot of first-round leaders play in the morning wave, you can cut down your possible options even more. A couple of more tidbits before we move on to the course. Uh, this tournament is known for a high amount of holeouts. Uh, since 2012, there have been over 700 holeouts during this tournament on all the courses used. So there's usually a lot of Eagles at this course. Nine of the last 10 winners here played in at least one of the two Hawaiian events prior to their win. Six of the last seven winners played this event before, and seven of the last eight winners of this tournament had a top 15 in one of their last seven starts. Now let's get to the courses. The Jack Nicholas tournament course, the PGA West, is a 7,200-yard par 72 with four par fours, or four par threes and four par fives. All the par fives will be reachable by most golfers. The course has hosted PGA Tour qualifying tournaments, and a 59 has been shot here in tournament play in the past. This course is not very difficult, as it was the second easiest course uh, on tour four years ago, and it was even the 11th easiest course on tour three years ago when there were windy, poor weather conditions. Um, The fairways will be average to large and width, with many bunkers and water in play off the tee on many holes. I don't think the rough is going to be too thick because of the fact that this is a pro-am. My guess is tour officials will try to set up the course a little easier than usual because they will be trying to avoid six-hour rounds with the amateurs playing alongside the pros. The greens will be undulating, multi-tiered, and on the large side with bunkers and water surrounding most greens. Like the other two courses, the greens will be Bermuda grass, uh, overseeded with a POA and rye, with a stint meter rating of around 11. Like Kinta Country Club is a 7,000-yard par 72 with four par threes and four par fives. It's been a regular rotation at this tournament for years and was actually the third easiest course uh, on tour in 2016 and, and been like the top three easiest courses two out of the last three years. The fairways are tree-lined and average at best in width. Bunkers, water, and local vegetation are in play for wayward drives off the tee. The greens are average in size with trouble surrounding them. The stadium course at PGA West is a bit more difficult, of course, like I said earlier, compared to the other two. Uh, It was the 10th easiest course on tour in 2016, the 20th easiest course in 2017, the 15th easiest course in 2018, and I think it was the 11th last year. I'm not not 100% sure. Uh, It hosted the Bob Hope Classic in 1987 
And then back then, the golfers actually complained about how hard the course is. Uh, so they took it off the rotation. Uh, it, now with the new equipment and the talent that these guys have, it, it's not that tough of a course. Now, the par 72 Pete Dye course will be around 7,200 yards with four par threes and four par fives. The par fives are much longer and much more difficult than the other two courses. The par fives here have been some uh, – the fairways, you know, it, it's one of the hardest uh, to, par fives to reach into uh, on tour. The fairways are average in size and gets narrow near the landing areas. The rough is light, but golfers will have to deal with bunkers and a lot of water is in play on wayward drives and approaches. If golfers miss wildly off the tee and are able to avoid the water and bunkers, they'll have to deal with dormant grass, which will be similar to the rough but less lush and a bit more patchy. The greens are small with trouble all over the place. Uh, there are island greens, 200-yard carries over water on par threes, and enormous deep bunkers. The greenside bunker on 16 is over 20 feet deep. Uh, if you remember, uh, like a few years ago, Phil Mickelson was in contention, hit it into that bunker on 16 on Sunday and couldn't get it over the lip, and it basically just ruined his chances for his victory. Uh, the last three holes on this course are tough, with the bunkers on 16, an island green on 17 called Alcatraz, and a tough par four with water on 18. Golfers will need to hit their spots and be as accurate as possible on their approach shots to succeed on this course. Tambo, what stats are you looking for? Yeah, before I get into the stats right quick, Kenny, a lot of people have been looking, you know, starting new podcasts. They're popping up everywhere. People have been mentioning them. So just want to tell people how they can get 30 days of Blueberry podcasting free, including hosting and stats, a WordPress website if you need one. Essentially publishing as simple as create, upload, publish using promo code BLU004 to get started today. That's what Kenny and I use. So just so everybody knows, that's the same one that Kenny and I use. I know Gup and the boys use it for their, their podcast. Uh, basically, it's the best, most in-depth stats and category listings. That's how we get into the fantasy sports podcast listing space. They give you a 25% extra hosting space free of charge. So if you do go over with your uploads, uh, free Word, WordPress website if you need one. Again, that's Blueberry Podcasting at Blueberry.com. Go there today. Use promo code BLU004. That's Blueberry Podcasting, promo code BLUE004. This week, Kenny, I'm just sticking to the straight, the, the straight goods, man. The tee to green approach, birdie making, greens of regulation. It, it's all pretty standard. One thing I'll bring up at the start of the year again, I think I mentioned it a little bit last week, but not as high on the course history and stat model stuff as, as I am. What did they do for me lately, as in last week, and just little things that you'll know from over time. And we'll talk about that when we get into the actual tiers. Like, you know, when I'm pivoting off a guy for a reason, maybe I'll have a piece of information that goes with the why behind that. But as far as, you know, those stats, those are the stats I'm going after. I don't know what you want to add there, but I think at the end of the day, it's, it's such a short sample size of what you're going off of right now that it's more about, you know, what did they do last week? Where are they coming from? You know, last week is a prime example. Everyone looked at, you know, just the century TOC, but like Cam had played in the president's cup. So while he wasn't in the TOC, he was just playing for, you know, a few weeks before that and playing well, mind you, and, and there he goes and, and often gets his win. So definitely always looking at what have you done for me lately, more so than the other stuff. What about you as far as stats? Anything else? Uh, yeah, I mean, that sounds good to me. That's basically what I'm looking for. A couple of other things, like there's a bunch of wedges on this course. Yeah, that's true. So, you know, like proximity from 125 to 150, 150 to 175, pretty important. Par 5 scoring. A couple of other things, but mostly you got it right on. All right, let's get into it. Top tier, right. my boy at the top, man, Ricky Fowler, the guy that uh, everyone thinks can still win a major, and, and I'm just fading away on my boy that I've loved for so long. But, yeah, not going to him here again. I'll, I'll kick it off. It's Fowler, M, Casey, Finau, Benny Ann, 
and Charles Howell just at the the tip there at 10,100 right up to Ricky at 115 for me not Ricky is just not a winner so when it's 115 I don't care I mean this field just to start us off quick here anybody can win this field anybody has won this field Adam Long last year so I mean anybody can get this job done and Ricky just doesn't get the job done and now they want 115 for him so if he gets there you know, shame on me if there's a, you know, I'll wait and see his course rotation. That's about the only way he gets into the pool is if something like that happens. And, you know, let's say M, Casey, Finau all aren't on a course rotation that I like. Maybe Fowler gets into a couple lineups, but he's definitely not near my favorite up here. Uh, definitely like him sticking to him getting his first win. I know he's not a winner yet either, but he was definitely a winner on Corn Ferry Tour. He got a win over on a Japan Tour, which doesn't mean as much, but still, I think he's got it in him. I, I think he's the guy up here but my favorite is my first t3bo of the week and it's going to be casey over finau uh finau's the darling that everybody loves and and i really don't love a couple things you know i think it was josh perry today mentioned uh, you know overseas played in a field with like three real golfers him being one of them and even though he came fifth he wasn't one of the top three that i'm talking about so that's something another guy doesn't win want 10-5 for him you know as far as casey goes he doesn't win a lot either, but man, last year was pretty good for him. Pebble Beach, a similar style, pro-am, you know, type of event, California, everything that lines up. And in his 23 last made cuts on tour, he's got 10 top 10s, which is the highest of these top six guys. So, you know, in in their cuts made in that time. So that might surprise you, but on so, some people, but Casey's the real, real only winner up here in my mind. So I got Casey over Finau. Don't love Howell, but I get why people would be on him. But I, I still like Benny N. I, I'm always a sucker for him. He's, he's a GPP guy only, but he contends just as often as these guys up here, if you think about it, in the last year. So I like him, Casey, and Ann are my three out of the six. What about you? Yeah, I like Charles Howell. I like the two bottom guys a lot. I like Chucky Three Sticks. I'm going to be playing him. Uh, solid finish last week, um, you know, after a little bit of time off, knock out that rust. Uh, so I do like Chucky Three Sticks here. I like Benny on. He can get streaky, uh, and this is a great place to be streaky at because you can get you can knock out birdie after birdie after birdie. He's also pretty good with his wedges from you know 150 to 175. Uh, good from par four efficiency from 400 to 450 yards. Like a lot of the par fours are going to be from 350 to 450 yards. So if you're looking at efficiency stats, uh, that's the angle that you need to go to uh, right there. So I like those two guys first, and then I'm going to play one other guy. I haven't decided who. It's either going to be Fowler, M, or Casey. Uh, I'm not exactly sure. Uh, I, I'm also I'm sort of thinking Fowler or Casey, and then just the hedge go in with my OAD. I'm not 100% sure on that top. The air we breathe, the water we drink, the soil that grows food for our families. These basic elements are essential to healthy, happy lives. America's corn growers think so, too. Across the country, they're pitching in every day and doing the work to produce food and fuel that is healthy in a sustainable way. Go to ncga.com to learn more about how corn farmers grow a more sustainable future for us all. That's ncga.com. I think a lot of it's going to come down to ownership as well. If I see Casey... You know, with Fowler and Mickey had like projected 18% each, and Casey had like 10. You know, I probably got to go Casey after, especially after my boy Tambo, uh, you know, one of his T3POs, and this guy's been on fire uh, this week. I might have to go ahead and start listening to his ass. Here's where so, it crashes and burns, right? Yeah. I know, right? Right. Because yeah. I say something like that. That's just me. Yeah. I, I, I have the curse going for me. <laughs> uh, but, but uh, you know, that's probably where I'm going. I'm going to play the bottom two guys, and then I, I haven't decided 
on the top three yet. We'll see. Uh, so let's move on to this next range. We got Kokrak all – I'm sorry, we got Wolf all the way up to Kisner. I'll go first. Now, this one's one of my risky cash game cornerstones. It's going to be Scott, Scotty Scheffler at $9,500. And you're kidding. You're like, why is he risky? Well, he hasn't played in a while. Uh, he hasn't played since the RSM Classic. You know, the, the numbers and the trends sort of show that, you know, guys who play – recently before tend to do better here but I love what I saw from Scheffler at the end of the fall here's the thing about Scotty like when he first started playing on tour uh he was like one of the best golfers round one and round two you know and then on the weekend he'd fade but the thing is towards the end of his uh you know fall run he started playing really well on the weekend I mean if you take a peek at his fall weekend scores uh, you're looking at like, um, let me take a peek here, uh, 63, 68 on the weekend uh, at the RSM, 70, 68 in Mayakoba, 69, 66 uh, at the week before at the Bermuda. So he's sort of getting turning around and playing a little better on the weekends. And that could lead to a win because you know Scotty Scheffler has the talent to win. So, uh, you know, it's a little bit of a risk. But, again, these guys are going to be playing three days. So maybe, hopefully, you know, with the course rotation, he plays an easier course on on Thursday so you can knock the rust off and not be too far behind and then just start balling the rest of the week. That's my hope for him because, you know, great iron player, tons of birdies, lots of, uh, you know, drafting points. So I like Scotty as my first cash game cornerstone pick. One fade I will go up here is going to be Kevin Kisner at $9,900. The reason is because Kevin's one of the fastest players in the game. The guy loves to just go out there and just bang the ball, like right when he's ready. With this six-hour rounds, you know, it, this does not bode well uh, for his type of game. And if you look at his results here, 57th, 50th, 25th, missed cut, 48th. They haven't been great, you know. And I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that he's playing some slow-ass golf with some slow-ass shitty amateur golfers. And so Kisner going to be a fade for me up in this range. I, I think I might – what do you think about Molinari this week? I, I put my notes. I mean, I, I have him as a bet. It's a spoiler alert, but I, I don't really like him as a play because I don't really trust him as much. And, and the bet, I can just throw some money on him. If he gets there, he gets there. I think he's the type that we know if he does get hot all of a sudden or bounce back, he hasn't shown that. He's shown more of like a top 20, top 40 range guy recently, but we know what he's capable of at this course. In the past, he's got a 12th and a 10th. So it is possible. I don't love it. So, uh, I mean, I got a couple other guys here. You You basically did... My second T3PO for me, it was Scheffler over Kisner, hoping that people are going to be chasing Kisner after last week. I wasn't really on him last week, and that burned me slightly, but it didn't overall. Uh, I know he's got some course history here. He's on a little bit of a run, 4th, 14th, 7th, but uh, I like Scheffler way more. I think, like you said, you nailed all the points. Swing season was good. If you know people want to talk about you know, Finau and M and those guys getting their win and Ann and, and sort of those guys up there, I'll, I'll go with Scheffler, no problem. And if he gets too popular, there's a, a 2B, and you can go with our boy that we love all the time, Billy Horschel, right there, right in the middle. You know, who knows, right? People don't normally go to him. There's a bit of a sawgrass narrative here, a comparison, I should say, more so, where, you know, the Pete Dye, the look of it, the style as, as what the stadium course. So, and he's been good there. And we know in Florida and, and all that stuff in the past with Bermuda, you know, Horschel is a guy that has upside. And at 9,700, squished right in the middle of Kisner and Scheffler, who's become a little bit of a darling, I think he'd be all right. And then over Molinari and, and even Wolf, I would make it simple and just make my other pick, Kokrak. And only because I, I believe he's trending, uh, hasn't played recently. I know the rust, that kind of sucks. Eighth at the WGC was his last time out. 
but his ball striking was awesome last year. And the fact that he's down here at 9,100 is sort of a fair price, 18th and 8th here the last two years. And if you want to put that into play, this course history matters a little bit. It's not as big for me, like I mentioned at the top, but I do want to bring it up because to your point of the Kisner thing you just mentioned with being able to play through with those amateurs on your ass 24 seven, you know, that's sort of the, the factor there. So just as an added bonus, but I mean, like I said, he was eighth at the WGC the last time he played. So if he's kept that together, I'm fine with him. What's your take on Wolf at the very bottom at 9,000? Uh, I, I think he's getting a lot of popularity. Uh, I have no problem with him. The guy's a great golfer. I mean, he makes enough birdies. He's good enough on par fives, uh, you know, top 25 and drafting points in this field uh, in his career. Uh, 45 rounds as a pro. Uh, I don't hate him, but one GPP flyer I like who probably will be one of the lower owned guys here is going to be Cam Champ. And the reason I like him in this field is because, you know, a lot of the times because of how law, how light the rough is, you see a lot of guys hit driver uh, in this and not worrying about missing the fairways. And if you can pound driver and have a hundred yards in every time with his streaky putting, uh, you know, this, the putting here is one of the easier courses to putt on, uh, on tour. So, you know, with his streaky putting, I think he can make some noise and get a ton of birdies. I think he'd be a great DraftKings play uh, because I'm not really sure if he can win it, but I think he can get a lot of birdies. And as long as he stays away from the water, uh, you know, he shouldn't have too many large numbers on this course. And I think you can get him in like 7% owned maybe. And I'm guessing I'm no ownership guru, but like as a low owned, high upside GPP play, uh, I like champ. I'm not going to have a ton of them, but I'll have some of them. So let's move down to this 8K range. Um, I'll go ahead and start. I have two of my cash game cornerstones here. This one's a little bit risky as well. It's going to be Abraham Answer at $8,900. Now, Answer, he didn't really play that well last week, but, you know, he he had a little bit of a a break. He had to deal with all of his Tiger Wood questions and stuff like that, even even there at the Sony uh, three, 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 four weeks after or what happened at the President's Cup. And you saw his game there at the President's Cup. Uh, you know, he's actually played pretty well here uh, recently. Uh, you know, the, what I like to see is improvement on a course. So he emceed, uh, missed the cut in 2016, 76 in 2018, 18th last year. And if you look back at how he played last week, his iron game was pretty sharp still, even after the break. Uh, you know, I, I like a good iron game at this course so i'm going to go with abe answer as my second cash game cornerstone pick my third cash game cornerstone is going to be brian Harmon at eighty six hundred dollars um he actually comes in first in my model uh really good with uh you know with his with his wedges really good for on par fours for 400 450 yards even though he's not the longest hitter he's top 20 in strokes game par five in this field gets a ton of draft king points six in strokes game t to green in this field in the last 50 rounds or so. Uh, you know, he missed the cut last year, but prior to that, 11th, 3rd, and 20th at this. And he was struggling a little bit last year at this point in time. So you could sort of throw that missed cut out the window. So I like Brian Harmon as my third cash game cornerstone pick. Um, other guys I do like, I think I'm going to go back to JT Post uh, this week. I know he killed me last week. And, he's gonna, and, and I think usually when that happens, uh, when, when a guy who's somewhat popular, you know, shits the bed, his ownership deflates a bunch the next week. And, you know, one miscut's not going to kill this guy. This guy's miscuts before. Uh, and so, you know, second in drafting points in the last 50. Uh, third in birdies a better percentage in the last 50. Uh, so I sort of like uh, JT Poston for a bounce back week uh, this week. Who do you like in his range? 
I like the JT call there. You know, flop lag is, is what they say, and that sort of suits golf even better. And, and he's the guy exactly where had all the ownership, didn't do enough. But, I mean, he wasn't bad. He missed the cut by two, right? It was He was right there. Before that, he was 11th and 14th. We loved him for a reason last week. He didn't, like, go off the map like my boy Mark Hubbard and shoot a plus 14. He, he just didn't have a great – he didn't have his best stuff, right? He was maybe a little tired, maybe needed to rejuvenate down by the pool and come back, so I don't hate that. Going to stick with you on answer, love answer still. Tita Green and approach were actually really solid last week, so expect some more out of him as well. Harmon, the big thing for that is he had all the stats last week except for his putter, and we know that that's normally a secret weapon. So like Harmon with you, Brendan Todd's interesting. Noren's a little bit interesting. Those are guys that had their, you know, their stats were still on. They were right there, you know, sort of in the mid-range, but they're, they're sitting here kind of quiet. Uh, and then I love, uh, I love Knox down at the bottom. Made five of made last five of five cuts. All T thirty two or better. Uh, last week again, T to green approach were very solid. Another guy who can get hot with the putter and eighteenth and 29th on top of that. The last two outings here, so rounded out with Russell Knox, and we'll say that's the eight K range. Yeah, go ahead into the seven K range, Tamo. Yeah, one guy I think you love and I, and I love as well, but got to be mentioned off the top is Von Taylor. Just on a good run, twelfth, tenth, second, solid course history. Uh, you know, solid strokes gained across the board, actually, last week, uh, and an extremely fair price. You know, he's, he's got one of the better Vegas numbers in this range, so they like him a little bit. I, I think at 7,900, he's he's one of the more fair prices. Use him in cash, GPPs, whatever. Mix it up where you have to. I think he'll get pretty popular, but don't see any real reason. He's sort of the chalk I would eat, so to speak. No reason to, to pivot off or do anything too crazy there. Um, my third and final T3PO is in this range is going to be I think Putnam is popular often. He's sort of another one of these darlings that gets love and a couple good results here in the past. And, and he sort of makes every cut. So it keeps, keeps people on him. But I want a little more upside than what I've seen lately out of him. His last four are like 57, 36, and 59th with a 20th in there. That looks okay. But I like Sabatini quite a bit. He's sort of the same, but he has nothing really worse than 33rd in four of his last five. Uh, you know, another guy that's got, Birdies are better in his pocket. Strokes gain, tee to green, approach, everything. You know, he really covers it all. And, and like I said, he's got a little bit of course history as well, which is just the added money on top. So like Sabatini over Putnam for my third. couple other guys, I'll take up with some more shots on Berger. Wasn't as high on him last week. You mentioned him, but he has showed a little bit uh, and had good strokes ga- stroke gain stats last week. And then another guy who I'll give a chance, sort of like a mini, um, what we talked about above with like a, you know, post in or with a, an answer is Munoz. I'll still go back to him uh, as a guy with upside. And then the last guy that I really like in this range and I'll kick it to you is Aaron wise missed the cut on the number and his recent form is going to show that it sucks, but he was really strong. Tita green in approach last week. Maybe he found something there. And, and for, like I said, a miss it on the number, just nobody's going to go back, but we know he's got upside and at just $7,300. That seems like a ridiculously low price. Yeah, Aaron Wise is my favorite GPP play uh, in this range. So I am definitely with you because the guy crushes par fives. Uh, one of the better par five players in this field. And here's the thing. If you birdie every par five, you're probably going to finish top 25. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean, and, and, and it's very, very easy to do on this course. These par fives are not that tough. I mean, the thing is you need a little bit more wedge game on the par fives um, on the stadium course, but the first, you know, Lakita and Nicholas, I mean, these guys should be getting eagles and birdies every single hole. If you get a par, you're going to be losing strokes to the field uh, on those. And I don't, I don't see that with Aaron Wise with one of the best. He's also top 10 of birdies or better game uh, in the last 50 rounds in this field. Uh, gets a ton of drafting points. Like you said, his tee to green has been pretty good uh, recently, even though his finishes 
haven't showed it. But my final cash game cornerstone pick is going to be up top. And, and Tambo already mentioned him. It's going to be Vaughn Taylor. Uh, pretty safe play on, on this one. Now I say safe play. Watch him miss the cut by eight. But, you know, I everything that Tambo said about him, you know, he still gets a lot of birdies. He gets a lot of drafting points, which is boggles my mind. Because when you think of Von Taylor, you think he's like a big-time scorer? Probably not. Well, he's fourth in drafting points in the last 50 rounds in this field. Really good wedge game. And that's going to be important here. Uh, like I said, he's fifth in proximity from 125 to 150 yards. So my four cash game cornerstones for this week, hopefully it's better than last week, is going to be Scotty Scheffler. At 9,500, Abraham Answer at 8,900, Brian Harmon at 8,600, Vaughn Taylor at 7,900, leads to $15,100 left. Plenty of of room. You can go back to the 8K well if you'd like and go low 7K or do whatever you like. So still plenty of room. So those are going to be my four cash game cornerstones uh, for this week. Uh, I, I do like Putnam. A little bit. I like him in cash a, a, a lot. Like you said, he makes a lot of cuts. Uh, you know, good putter. Uh, lots of DraftKings points and makes a t- good amount of birdies. So I do like him. Other guys uh, in this range that I'm going to play. Uh, now let's go down to the bottom here. Uh, you know, you have you have Henrik Norlander and Cameron Tringali, and I like both of them. Uh, but Norlander, he could be if he becomes super chalk. It, it could be a good reason to give him a fade. Uh, anytime you see a golfer under $7,500, that's going to be extremely popular. Uh, that's a great time to fade that golfer uh, because, you know, there's a reason that they're priced that low. They're usually not that consistent. Uh, so, you know, you just take the odds and they burn you, they burn you. But more times often than not, when you see a golfer at like projected 18 to 22% owned uh, under $7,500, you know, it's probably a fade in GPPs. But I do like Tringali, who probably will be lower owned and would make a good pivot uh, off Norlander because, you know, the stats are all there. The iron game strong, good with his wedges, you know, good on both proximities, par four proximity yards I'm talking about. Makes a lot of birdies. So I do like him. Anybody else you like in yeah, this bottom range? I forgot we normally chop it up, so it was kind of cool. We went back and forth, but I, I did miss a couple. So uh, I'm not on Norlander, to your point. He, he literally lost strokes gain. Tita Green last week almost lost on approach. It was all putter. So I'm definitely not chasing that if he goes off. Good for him. Don't mind Stewart there as a little bit of a pivot. He had much better stats uh, across the board, and he, he's just making cuts all the time, 24 of his last 30. Like, he, he's always there. The one guy I was, you know, sort of interested in your thoughts on was Carlos Ortiz because I think you normally like him a little bit. Uh, and he had a second at the Mayakoba, a fourth at the Houston Open. Solid Tita Green last week, but it just didn't pan out. He, he was only 53rd on the week, but he still made the cut and, and got, it th- got it done that way. But he seems a little bit underpriced at 7,200. What's your take on Carlos Ortiz? Yeah, I mean, the form is there. You're right. He didn't finish that well last week, but his iron game was the strongest it's been since, you know, July. Uh, you know, gaining 3.9 strokes with his approaches. I mean, that's something to definitely look at. Now, he sucked around the green with in a short game and his putting. But, you know, that's not going to be as an important of a factor this week without the win. You know, last yeah. week it was a pretty big factor, uh, you know, strokes gain around the green because guys are going to miss these these greens with so much wind. Uh, you know, they're going to be hitting a lot of greens out here. Uh, and with his yeah. approach game, I think, you know, you take away those, you know, 2.2 strokes he's lost with his with his, with his his short game, you know, I think he has a much better finish to the Sony, uh, and he'd be a lot more popular this week. So I do like Ortiz. We'll see what it gets ownership-wise, yeah, and where he starts and whatnot. But solid approach game, better pin placements this week for the amateurs and whatnot. So I think that's a, a good spot. And then the last guy just to round out 7K on the dot, really like him, Nick Taylor. 
uh, you know, T40 or better, his last three here, 32nd last week, was really solid T to green and on approach, uh, 26th, 29th, and 10th before last week's 32nd. And that included like the Mayakoba, the Shriners, the Safeway. So all these types of fields, field sizes, field strengths, everything the same. And he's competing at 7,000 to get a made cut. I mean, it's, you get it. It feels like we keep saying made cut and they get three out of four anyway. But I'm talking about having a made cut all the way through with all four and with upside. I still think he can get there. He's a top 30 guy, top 25 guy. That's $7,000. So I like him for sure to round it out as well. All right, so in the 6K range, I'll go ahead and start. One of the first guys I like up top is probably Wyndham Clark at $6,900. You know, for him, he's only missed made two out of six cuts. But the thing is, one of the better par five guys out there, extremely long off the tee, good par five, good putting. Uh, you know, that could be a combination that works well this week on this type of course. Uh, so I do like Wyndham Clark. And he did, I think, recently at a top five, top ten, uh, sometime in the fall, if I'm not mistaken. So, I mean, even though he hasn't been making a whole bunch of cuts, he had the eighth place at the CJ Cup. Uh, you know, another, you know, par 72 with pretty easy par fives. Uh, it could be something to look at right there with Cam Wyndham Clark. I'm not sure how uh, highly owned they'll be. Another guy, Jonathan Vegas, again, crushes par fives. I'll be looking at that big time here, especially in this lower price range. Plus, top 10 in Birdie is a better game, and top 10 in DK points in his last 50 rounds played. Uh, again, form, not that great. But again, it's a new season. These guys are coming off a little bit of breaks, so we'll see if they've been able to fix things that they were able to, that they had troubles with. But the thing is, like the one made cut he had in his last four, he finished 16th, uh, again, at the CJ Cup. Uh, other guys in this range that I do like, Matthew Neesmith is going to be a, a Sundog Monkey pick for me. Uh, if you don't follow at Sundog Monkey Martin uh, over on Twitter, he's a great follow. He's big on Matthew Neesmith this week. I'll go ahead and ride his coattails with him. I sort of like Kevin Chapel at $6,700. One of the better Pete Dye golfers in this course. You know, I think he's something like six straight made cuts to Pete Dye courses, uh, the, the bunch of top finishes at, at Pete Dye courses. Uh, I don't think he's going to be very popular. And again, another guy, top 10 in par five scoring or strokes game par five in the last 50 rounds. I, I think he'll be somebody else to look at. Who else do you like in this range? Couple of the same, couple, couple different. Your Wyndham Clark call with the par fives and whatnot. Definitely don't mind him. Always a guy that flashes Bunch of upside, so you know he'll be a guy in the pool. Harry Higgs, another guy, just been on a sort of a mini tear of made cuts, um, really solid. So made cut again last week, had decent stats. Burgoon, always a, a birdie maker with upside. Don't mind him. Just gonna rattle off a few more. Not gonna be on Bo Hostler, but Bo Ho- Bo Hogler. I'll call him. It's not Bo Hogler. It's Bo Hogler. Or however, I like, yeah, but- I like Ho- I like Bo Hogue too. I like both the Hogues. Yeah, I, I like Hogue. Actually, <laughs> I yeah, like Tom, both the Hogues. Tom could be in there too, Tom Hogie. But I'll go with Bo over Tom as well if we're going to flip that around. So don't don't mind him. You know, had a ninth place last week and stats were there. Three T20s in his last four. So good in that. You mentioned Vegas, who uh, has been quoted as saying, you know, he loves the course, a lot of similarities to courses he likes and, and has been on. He has the little bit of the sawgrass narrative there, like I said too, where we saw him drain that big old eagle and make a bit of a comeback there. Uh, Neesmith, who you mentioned, Sundog Monkey is a good follow to your point and, and has a lot of cool stuff. He, he pinpointed some stuff there with the Ellie Mae Classic. So, yeah, check out his stuff. Check out his article. Yeah. Try and get him on the pod at some point. We got to work something out that makes sense. But, yeah, great, great guy to, to read his stuff. And he gets so in-depth. And he's overseas somewhere, right? You met him at one of the tournaments. Yeah, he's in the U.K. But yeah, I, did, yeah, yeah, I think you met him the same night that you met Brendan Steele. I did. I did. I did. Okay, I did. We so actually hung out a couple times at the players. Really nice guy. So maybe it wasn't you, maybe it was him, but we'll we'll see. But uh, DJ Trahan, another guy, 
Uh, just excellent swing season. 28th last week, solid stats. Ryder, I'm a sucker for. The one, you know, polarizing or one that stands out down here, one more I like is, Str- is Straka, just to name a bunch, because there's so many. It's, by the way, it's a 156-man field this week. Uh, one just strategy note I'll bring up right now. I, you know, I, I look at it in my phone every week just to re-pinpoint my mind. But in something like a major, when the pricing is so tight and so solid, the owner and everyone's so good, the, the pricing gets, sorry, the ownership gets really dispersed across the board. So when people are stressing ownership at the Masters, it, well, it matters. I'm not going to say it doesn't matter, but it's definitely not as big of a deal as it is at a tournament like this, where you're going to have so many probable pivot options that are right there. Because in 156-man people, it usually means the general public, the casuals, even some people within the industry have no clue what some people, some of these guys are. So they tend to gravitate towards certain ones. And it's not just because they're picking a core or picking a pool. It's because they're not certain on a lot of these names in the field. So when you see these congested ownerships, and that's why it's really important, and Gup's Corner has them. We talked about it already. Get over there. Get them. You can use those to your advantage because in this field, this size, it's going to get really jumbled up. And what's going to end up happening is you're, you know, it's going to make a lot more sense to make more pivots in this lower tier range. And that's why I'm rattling off some names. But the guy I wanted to get your opinion on, Kenny, popped up out of nowhere, extremely underpriced. By far, the even though it's 140 to 1, everyone else is like 250 and 300 to 1 down here. Um, 7 out of 10 made cuts here. 22nd his last time out. But his last time out on the PGA Tour was at the Memorial when Cantlay won. Do you know who I'm talking about? I got no clue, Doc. Steve Stricker. Oh, the old man. 6,400. Pro-Am. Three rounds. It's right yeah. up his alley, man. It's like a Champions Tour event. You just go out and take your time. Yeah, hey, I never thought of that, but that that that, that could that could be a good point. Uh, so I'll, I'll definitely have to take a look at him. I really hadn't had him. Really didn't think about him uh, rostering him. But you know, if you say so, you've been hot. So I'll just listen to whatever the fuck you say. I think there's so- some points to be made there. He's obviously a flyer. He's 6400. But like I said, for you know, the Memorial was a, a long time ago now. But you just think about that field and Jack Nicholas. You know, some ties to the Nicholas course. So you know, there's definitely narrative street there a little bit so i don't mind stricker and then like i said straka was sort of the last guy to round it out he had a 65 on sunday really couldn't get his ball striking going out of the gates but still made the cut and finished 53rd so it wasn't nothing too serious but at 6200 love his upside in a a three out of four event where he's going to get to go yeah just a couple of other guys i mean i'll probably play bill haas a little bit i think he's a leading money winner at this event uh you know i think this guy just loves playing here he hasn't had he didn't have the worst fall made a whole bunch of cuts maverick manili will be another play uh, that I'll, you know, another flyer I'm not going to have very much of, 10% probably, uh, tops, and uh, Chase Seifert at 6,300. I'll probably have a little bit of him with his par five prowess and his putting uh, as well. So, you know, and Mavericks actually fourth in British of gain in the last 50 rounds in this field, top 15 in strokes game par five. So, you know, it could work out for him as well. Anybody else we miss? No, like I said, we can go on naming people all day, but I just wanted to get a enough out there so people have a pool to go off of. And then, like I said, keep in, keep in mind you want to see how your builds look, how how your roster construction goes once we get some tee times and whatnot out there. So, uh, other than that, I think uh, onto the betting segment, man. Yeah, go ahead, Tim. Who you got? Try to make up last last week. I had McDowell each way, so that was the only thing decent. And this week, a little bit different. Taking a lot more long shots. My guy's up top, so Scheffler at 28, I got it. I, I got to go for it. I think, like you said, some good points on him, and I was already thinking the same. I think of all the guys at the top, it's still really wide open, so why not Scheffler to do the same and get his win? So 28-1 to 1 on Scheffler, I like. 
Molinari, I just bid it at 33. Didn't know if it would drop or not, but I, I kind of liked it as a bet. And then I bet it even before pricing came out. And then that's why I said I, I like him more as a bet than I do the pricing. Just if he gets there, he gets there. There's other guys around him in DFS, and that price is steep for him. Um, Wise, 90 to 1 with the each way. We both talked about liking him. Nick Taylor, who I had to mention there, 140 with the each way. Straka, 300 with the each way. And those are the five bets I actually like. And then I've got like sort of a FOMO or just a sucker bet with Sam Ryder at 200 to one with the each way. Okay. I only have like four bets uh, this week because here's my strategy on this type of course, you know, these multi-course events when it comes down to betting. Like if you see a golfer who, you know, shoots 69 at the stadium course, which is a pretty good score, 68 in the stadium course. And that's what any plays at stadium course first. And he's five, six strokes behind other golfers who played like Kinta and Jack Nicholas. That's the time you live bet those type of guys. This is a great, great event for live betting because you're going to catch the bookies sleeping uh, with different numbers because of the course rotation. So if you pay close attention uh, when, when you're making your live bets, look for guys that start out at the stadium course, have a decent round, but are five, six, seven strokes behind the leader. And then when that happens, they're going to be playing the next two the next two days, the two easiest courses. They can easily catch up to the guys that are five or six strokes ahead of them after day one. So live betting is a great way to go. So I'm actually limiting my main bets this week. I'm going to bet a lot live after round one. So Scheffler, I got 33 to one for Scheffler. So I'm going to go ahead and take that. I got Harmon at 50 to one. Wise at 80 to 1 and Norlander at 125 to 1. Uh, I think I'm, it might be nice. To, I might fade Norlander uh, in, in DFS if he gets too chalky and bet him at 125 to 1 because, you know, the guy has been finishing high. You know, if his putter stays hot one more week, you know, it's probably worth a little bit of a flyer bet on him. But the majority of my betting is going to be after round one. So make sure you guys pay attention to that when you bet this week. Are we going to do O&D? I don't know if we should do one and done picks anymore, man, since it's, since it's only a single entry, but, but I will do it. You, you got an O&D, o, O&D, OAD pick? I, I actually didn't remember because it was just filling up the stuff at the end, and that's a good point, but I really don't care. I mean, for me, last week I said I would go Morikawa or JT. I ended up on Morikawa just because I faded him pretty much uh, across the board in DFS. So this week, I, I mean, I think it should just be we throw out a few names. Like for me – I would consider definitely Scheffler. Don't know if I'm going to use him again. Like the field. Already talked about him. Uh, I would consider someone like Howell if I'm going to fade him again and just see if his West Coast shit continues and roll with him. And I'm not really going to play him in too many spots. And then maybe someone like him. I guess, uh, don't you think a lot of people just use Fowler this week because they're just never going to use him again? And, and they're like, or maybe they're, they're probably, saving they're waste management. Phoenix, waste, Phoenix, Phoenix, yeah. I was going to say, because this might be the field where you actually, you know what? I might use Fowler just because I don't care about that, and I don't think he's going to win very often. So maybe this is the only time he might have a chance, but we'll see. I'll use one of those four or five guys that I just mentioned. Yeah, I think I'm going to use M, Howe, Scheffler, or Harmon. I think those are going to be one of my four. I think I'm going to go with this week, one of those four. All right, so do we miss anything this week? No, I think we hit on quite a bit. Like I said, I want to bring as much as we can to it. I'm excited for the new listener league. want everybody to hop in that quickly as possible the link will be posted out and then like i said we'll come up with more from there as the year goes on all right tell them where they can find you 
dubscorner.com. Kenny mentioned it. One thing I can't remember if you mentioned it or not, but it is the last week. This is like you got to get in by tonight or by tomorrow and, and use promo code DGEN20 before lock this week, I guess I should say Thursday morning, uh, for that code. So definitely want to hop on there, use the code, get everything you can, uh, get access to it all. We've been crushing it out. It's been very solid start to golf. Uh, it's a long season ahead of us, a lot of majors, a lot of different events along the way. So check us out over there. The Slack's got over 1,500 people in it. So if you, you feel like you want to talk to some people about this stuff and, and you don't have a lot of friends or family that play DFS or especially this DFS sport, if that, then definitely a good spot to hang out. Other than that, hit me up on Twitter at Totag and Tambo. Always there. DMs are open. Chat whenever. All right. Yeah, make sure to leave a um, a five-star rating and a review, a good review if, you were, if you're a fan of the pond, if it helps you win money. We did anything like that. Also, make sure you get on using that promo code DGEN20 on Gubs Corner. Like he said, this is the last week. It's going to be DGEN, a 20% discount for a while. So this is the best This is the best value you're going to get all year, for, 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 for at least for the first half quarter of the year for a Gubs Corner. So get on that. You can find me at GubsCorner.com. My article is probably already out. Uh, and I also post my favorite cash game plays, non-cash game cornerstone plays, Every Wednesday night, I'm on the Slack. I'll post my favorite GPU plays a lot of the times on the Slack. So make sure you get on there. And you can follow me at KendoVT on Twitter. All right. So that's going to be it this week. Let's win some motherfucking money, DJ Nation. Greenlight is the debit card and app for kids and teens. Now with investing. Investing is key to building long-term wealth. And with Greenlight, your kids can learn to invest at any age. They research stocks to buy, invest as little as $1, and you approve every trade. Track progress over time and learn about the world of investing together. Ready to invest in your kids' futures? Visit greenlightcard.com today for your free month trial. A lot of us are looking for ways to start our day feeling more joy and appreciation. And while some of us write gratitude lists or do yoga... Others pour themselves a bowl of their favorite cereal, Honey Nut Cheerios. Because not only are Honey Nut Cheerios delicious, they can help lower cholesterol as part of a heart-healthy diet. So maybe the secret to a great mood all day is a little yoga. Then writing your gratitude list over a bowl of Honey Nut Cheerios. Learn more about a heart-healthy lifestyle at Cheerios.com.